today on the Entrepreneur Circle. No, you got you got to find people, yeah. just good people, who you right. get along with, who yeah. you trust, mm-hmm. and and lean on them more, and not and not try to do everything yourself, which I've been trying to do, right, with um, five businesses at once. Yeah, that's... and and I've suffered a lot because of it. Hey there, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle podcast, where we inspire you by talking to entrepreneurs and business owners about mindset, goals, vision, tips and strategies on how to crush life and business. I am your host, Eric Cabral, real estate investor and a creative. I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years, got my start in New York City as a junior art director and made my way up the corporate ladder to become the creative director at the number one pharma company in the world. That was until I decided to hang up my corporate hat and start my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using social media and live stream events. Hit us up at info at onairbrands.com to learn more. Also, like, subscribe, and share this podcast on social. We greatly appreciate you for it. And also, don't hesitate to send us any feedback that you may have because we always love, love, love hearing from you. Before we jump into the show, I'd like to share what some of our sponsors, partners, and friends of the show have to offer you. Hello, this is Josh McCown, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business, reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. Hey there, folks. Thanks for tuning in. And if you're new to the Entrepreneur Circle, thanks for listening. On today's episode, we have Donnie Zolden, who is the quintessential serial entrepreneur. You know, he is the owner of Skittish Media, which is a creative agency that creates shorts, uh, like funny shorts for, that are shareable and, and viral for brands and for other media agencies. He's also the host of Dark Horse Podcast, um, where he interviews musicians and athletes and other entrepreneurs. And he's also, you know, I'd say he's best known for being the owner of Stand Up New York, which he bought in 2008. And um, he took it over and it, it needed some work. And he really brought it up to today's standards, even even higher than anyone had ever expected. And um, it's, it's really an amazing place to be. So I highly recommend anyone in town or anyone in the tri-state area to go to Stand Up New York on the Upper West Side. And he's done a lot of really cool things um, as far as that business is concerned. He's, he's created a lot of multiple businesses within uh, that branch off of Stand Up New York. So he's created educational courses called the Tight Five for anyone who wants to become or become tighter in their comedy um, repertoire. And also he created something he calls Stand Up Labs, which is where they produce over a dozen podcasts there, which is pretty cool. And that's where I've recorded some of my shows. He's been gracious enough to allow me to record my show there, which is awesome. So we go through his history, like his early days of tech in the VOIP space. And we also cover how he bought Stand Up New York. It's a really cool story to hear, you know, like how he and his partner, were reading over the lease and they had to read it over like 10 times. Uh, he also talks about how heavily he, New York City influenced his entrepreneurial spirit and and the success he's had um, versus you know, if he had stayed in Long Island. Um, we also talk a little bit about how 
the comedy club is recession proof and how people always need to laugh, you know, regardless of the state of the economy. Uh, we also get into uh, owning a comedy club versus a telecom business. And I loved when we started to dive deep into his business plans and he was asking for some feedback on, on, on some concepts and ideas that he had. And it was really cool to be a part of that conversation because I love building products and services and trying to figure out what the market needs and, and what people want. So it's really, really cool to just brainstorm with another entrepreneur, another business owner on, on a different type of business than mine. So folks, stay tuned to the end because we start to talk a little bit about um, some skits and some ideas that he had. And, you know, I was just adding on to some of his ideas and it was pretty funny. I had a really good time with Donnie and I think you guys are also going to have a good time listening to this show. You'll learn a lot. So without further ado, let's get into the interview with Donnie, and I'll talk to you after the show. I am here with Donnie Zolden. Thank you so much. I'm actually in your house, which is great. You're in my house. It's I'm in your house, man. It's freaking surreal, honestly, because I've been watching your stuff and James's stuff and all the other, um, you know, comedians on the show, and um, it's cool to be in the space, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, comics love it. Um, it it's the space is rare. For like the Upper West Side, yeah. especially you, you normally see this sort of space in like Brooklyn or downtown Manhattan. For the mm -hmm. Upper West Side, mm -hmm. it's rare to see a space this raw and hip. How long has it been here? Um, that's a good question. So I've been here for ten years. Mm -hmm. uh, the club has been around. Stand Up New York has been around for thirty-two years. Mm -hmm. And for our listeners, we're above Stand Up New York Comedy Club. Um, but before I took it over ten years ago, this studio was a black box theater. Yeah, I see the leftover seats. Exactly. I'm, I'm glad you so, kept yeah, those. Yeah, the seats have been here forever. When we moved in, we inherited it. And the guy that ran this theater, he actually lived on the other side of this floor with oh. his family. Oh, were your offices? Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. What? Wait, so yeah, it's weird. black box theater, what exactly is that? Um, what's a black box theater? Yeah. Um, it's a, a small, typically a small room. Mm -hmm. like we're in now uh and it's it's literally all black yeah um and they have performances um, like live performances live performances like improv okay. or one-man shows oh, all right and plays that's what a black box theater okay is. so they had the comedy club downstairs comedy club has been downstairs since 86 okay so was this operating when during that same time um the Black Box Theater was operating for many, many years up here on the second floor. The club has been operating since 86. Yeah. Uh, when we moved in 10 years ago, we turned, uh, seven years ago, we turned this space into a podcast studio. Yeah. And we also do video in here. Whose brilliant idea was that? Uh, it was it was my partner, John's, and mine. Okay. We got together. Yeah. Uh, seven years ago, we had this Black Box Theater. That we, had a, we had a few like improv teachers using it, mm -hmm. renting it out per month, okay. like paying like nothing. And a lot of comics started recording podcasts. Yeah. Um, so we were just like, why don't we just turn this into a podcast studio and let them come up and record here? Yeah. Uh, so, and that built, that that grew into a stand-up New York Labs, which is our comedy podcast network. Yeah, I love that. And I want to unpack that um, and also get into your origin, which or also what I like to call the uh, like issue number one. You know, what's what's the hero's origin story? But before we get into that, um, I just want to commend you on, on what I've seen you do here. You know, you've took you've taken this uh, comedy club and you've diversified it by creating multiple streams of income, you know, and that's what this show is about is like, you know, being an entrepreneur and a business owner and, um, you know, all those things that you've created or the challenges that you've faced and, um, and also your story. I'd like to um, dig in deep about entrepreneurs and where they come from and like what's in our mm -hmm. DNA that is in common, you know, what's, what's on the code, what's in the coding mm -hmm. um, and try to figure that out and put it out there for people um, because a lot of the, the audience listens, that, that listens uh, are startups mm -hmm. or they, they're in a corporate job. And um, <clears throat> so anyway, you have LA, right? the, you the comedy, comedy club, Stand Up New York, and then you have a bunch of businesses that stem from that. Mm -hmm. So do you want to speak about, I mean, not just labs, but tons of others. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, it didn't start that way. Um, when me and Gabe, uh, that's my business partner, when we took over the club 10 years ago, we didn't envision what we have today. Uh, you know, we were both 27 at the time, and uh, he was an amateur comic, and I was more of a business guy. Um, I heard the club was for sale. I was living around the corner. Gabe was a few blocks away. Mm-hmm. Um, I called Gabe when I heard it was for sale. I'm like, dude, like, stand up New York. I used to see you perform there in high school and college. Yeah. Let's buy it. Yeah. We were 27, and we came in and just took over the club, you know, without any any due diligence, really. Yeah. Um, our landlord gave us a lease. Like, we didn't know. Like, I remember we got together a bunch of times, like, in the park to, like, try attempt to review the lease. Yeah. And, like, I think we read the paragraph, the first paragraph, Did- like, ten times. <laughs> um, right. Did he make you sound like a hundred-year lease? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, it was it was a 12-year lease originally. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, when we, when we took over their club, uh, like, there wasn't really a long-term vision. Mm-hmm. Um, only three years after... You know, did, did we start thinking, oh, there's more that we can do here? We have access to all these amazing comics. Uh, so that's when we started Stand Up New York Labs, our podcast network. And then three years ago, we started, um, what did we start three years ago? Um, two and a half years ago, Skittish Media. Skittish Media. Yeah, that's our creative agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we work with a lot of brands and influencers and ad agencies, and we create funny content for them yeah so so all of that and most of it is for social media and putting it on other brands you know shows and um it's uh it's a lot of funny video content mm-hmm. uh, that live on brands uh like social yep. accounts like facebook instagram mm-hmm. uh, viral videos um it, there's also a lot of marketing that we provide so it's not just like here's your funny video right good luck like right we'll also uh make sure it gets a ton of views and uh, you know sometimes it entails like building a landing page getting leads for the brand yeah um so we've done a lot of that also even the content itself um in the skits have to be relevant to whatever audience or whatever message or whatever they're selling right yeah so that's cool that's pretty cool yeah, so we started that. Uh, so seven years ago was the, was the podcast business. Uh, three years ago was Skittish. Mm-hmm. Uh, six months ago, we launched Stand Up New York Education. Yeah, uh, that's our first online course, mm-hmm. and we brought in seven pro comics to teach people how to do stand up for the first time. Right, the tight five. The tight five. Yep. Yeah, and Love then uh, the Laugh Pass. The Laugh Pass, which we're really excited about, and it's an annual membership to comedy clubs around the country. Oh, so we started the Laugh Pass here this past summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was originally ninety nine dollars, and you get element access to shows plus a bunch of perks like a free drink, VIP section, yeah, um, advanced notice when a big name comes in. So, if if we know Amy Schumer is dropping in, Laugh yeah. Pass holders will get an email oh, well, giving damn. them a heads up before everyone else. Okay, and then we added twenty five clubs around the country that accept the pass. Huh. Um, I don't think there's anything else. Pretty cool. So you guys own that? Is that your IP, that Laugh Pass thing? Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. So we're really excited about that. So it's cool because um, we started Laugh Pass because um, the comedy club model is just like really dated. Uh, Yeah. Cover charge is very high, two drink minimum. It's just like a very dated Mm -hmm. model. So even when you came in, right? Yeah. I've heard you talking about how antiquated even just the whole look and feel of the place was and you've really classed yeah, it up and yeah. taken it to the next level yep yeah exactly um yeah we i mean we just want to give a better experience to comedy fans yeah so a more comfortable experience a more affordable experience yeah um you know we want we want them to come back so yeah yeah, I was looking into like the history of this place, man, and you know, like everybody it's, from Robin Williams, you know, Chris Robin Rock, Williams have been here, Louis Kevin C. Hart, yeah, I mean, John crazy. Stewart, Louis C.K., Ray Romano, yeah, that's amazing. Who? So, who are some of the most recent uh, comics, like the newer comics that are calling this place home? You know, like the Amy Schumer's. Yeah. And- uh, I mean, Amy Schumer. Yeah. Um, you know, she she comes by. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, Michael Che, yeah, Michael Che, SNL, SNL yeah. comes by uh, Pete Davidson, also yeah. from SNL. Kevin Hart drops in when he's in town. Yeah, um, 
Seinfeld lives around the corner, so okay. he drops yep. in. George Wallace has mm-hmm. been around forever. He drops yeah. in. He's good friends with uh, Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, so how much notice does like George Wallace or Seinfeld give you? Do they just literally walk in? You're like, okay, me. Good question. Whoever's on right it now, depends you're depends on the comic. Uh, yeah. Schumer gives us a heads up. Mm-hmm. Uh, She'll just text you like, hey, Donio. Yeah, text call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she'll just say, oh, can I do some time on stage tonight or tomorrow mm-hmm. or this weekend? Mm-hmm. So she'll give us a heads up. She rarely just like walks in. Yeah. Seinfeld just pops in. Yeah. Uh, Maybe, Chris Rock also will just pop in. They don't yeah. give us notice. Do they sometimes or do they more often come in just to, as as an audience member? Or do they want to um, get on stage and try some new material that's out? That's a good question. So some of them will come in to watch another act. So Robin Williams, a few months before he passed away, he mm-hmm. came not to perform, but to see another comic, Paul Mercurio, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. He was like standing in the back of the showroom watching Paul perform and yeah. he was hanging out at the bar. Did Paul know? Yeah, Paul invited him. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Paul okay. invited Robin Williams um, and Robin Williams didn't go on stage. And then um, Chris Rock, uh, he was involved, I think, with, with, one of Amy Schumer's like past specials. Mm-hmm. So Chris Rock would, I think he directed it. I think okay. so Chris Rock would come and just sit in the back and watch Amy perform without yeah. going on stage. Yeah. Tracy Morgan, he'll he'll come by and just like hang out at the bar without going on stage. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. He's a character, man. What's what's he he's a, what's funny what I hear about him, and I'm sure you can attest or confirm, he's exactly who you see on television, right? Like yeah, that he's is nuts. Yeah. yeah, he's out of control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he doesn't need he doesn't need a stage to perform. Yeah. Um when he's when he's at the bar, he's like holding court. Right. Uh, so there'll be there'll be a line in the bar, people waiting to get to the next show. So right. there'll be like thirty people online and if Tracy's at the bar, everyone's just like watching him. <laughs> he's just so loud and animated. <laughs> Does he even need material? Cause he just feels no. like he can just go on stage yeah, and improv, no. right? He's just like it's more exciting to watch him just hang out at the bar than yeah. seeing him on stage. <laughs> If I have uh, that VIP pass, can you just, you know, text me and tell him that, uh, oh, Tracy's hanging at the bar? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's like, I remember last time he was here, he was yelling at me because, like, I, I kept on offering him, like, pizza. We had, like, extra pizza at the bar. Uh-huh. And I, you don't know if he's serious or joking, but he kept yelling at me, like, stop offering me pizza. I don't want pizza. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't know if he's, if he's kidding or not. It's too funny, man. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a really cool thing that you've created and you've built, man, like this stand up New York empire is, is very impressive. Um, so we're work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. I know you got a lot of spinning plates, man. And, um, the, would you say the majority of your businesses are, you know, revolve around, you know, this, the, the club or do you have stuff outside of the comedy space? Cause I know you um, did stuff in tech and you're, yeah. Like, so, I mean, I used to be in telecom. Yeah. So I started a telecom business when I was 24. I sold it three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the name of that company? It's called Titan International. Titan International. Yeah. Right. So uh, I was in telecom for 12 years. Uh, I would never go back into that industry. No. Um, it's changed, I'm sure. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was, we were like a long distance carrier. Mm-hmm. Um, you wholesaled. Yeah, yeah. To we wholesale long distance minutes to phone companies. Yeah. Um, but then WhatsApp, you know, and Skype killed that industry. Right. Um, right. but it was good. It was good for nine years. The last yeah. three years was was not good. Right. Um that's when I sold it and I shifted my focus to stand up New York. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but there were many years where I ran both at the same time. Wow. So what was that transition like? And what was it like running two companies that were completely different? Like between the clientele and the people that you're dealing with every day, like what was that like? Yeah, I mean, first of all, in telecom, I was like the coolest dude. Yeah, because I mean, telecom people they skew like older. I feel like yeah, uh, like a lot of people I worked with, mm-hmm. they work at Verizon, you know, right like in their fifties, sixties. Yeah, yeah, they've been there for like thirty years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was the only guy uh, when I would go to conferences. I was the only guy that owned a comedy club. <laughs> so I would have I would have a yearly event here. Yeah. Um, and I would invite like 100 people from the industry. So like Verizon, AT&T, Vonage, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the big players. Uh, and we would, we would put on a comedy show for them. So like I was like the cool guy in the industry that had a comedy club. Yeah. So it actually helped business. Oh. Um, I got so many contracts just 
by being the guy who owned the comedy club. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these carriers just wanted to work with people they liked. Yeah. So it definitely helped my, I use this club as a networking tool okay. for my telecom business and to help that business. Hmm. Um, How long did it overlap for? Um, nine years. Oh, wow. Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry. I've been here 10 years, like seven years. Wow. So you did that seven years. for seven years, ran two companies. Yeah, but... You know, the the seven years, I put most of my time into the club okay. and related businesses. I had a good team overseas in Romania, mm-hmm. and they they okay. held down the fort a lot. Gotcha, gotcha. So um, while you were sort of like flipping my, this and making it, what yeah, it is now. like my head wasn't in telecom for gotcha. for many years. Okay, okay, yeah, and I'm sure like just the two industries, I imagine. Obviously, way more fun <laughs> hanging out with comics. And- yeah, like when you wake up in the morning, would you rather like buy and sell minutes yeah. and try to make like a tenth of a penny yeah, right. from from like an Af- a minute in Afghanistan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or would you rather hang out with comics? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was an easy choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I want to, I want to unpack and rewind and get into that issue one of your, uh, your origin story. So, you know, growing up, where, where did you grow up and where actually is uh, Zolden? Where's that? Originate that. Name. I think it's not many uh, Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not a lot of people with that. I mean, other than you and your brother. Czechoslovakia. <laughs> I think. People. I think that's where my okay, parents were from. Yeah. Cool. Um, but born and raised, New York. Uh, or... Yeah. Uh, born in Queens, yeah. Forest Hills. Okay. Um, my family moved to Long Island in like '86 or '87. Mm-hmm. So I was like five or six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lived in Long Island until I was 14. Mm-hmm. Then my family moved to the city. Okay. New York. And yeah, we lived on 18th, 15th, and Broadway. Wow. From, yeah, when I, from when I, from when I started high school until 2002. Okay. Then I've lived, lived on the Upper West Side since 2002. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. One of the rare, you don't meet a ton of people, I don't anyway, when I lived here, that of people that live here. Everybody lived in boroughs or in Jersey. Or- yeah. I mean, the high school that I went to, which was in Washington Heights, I think it was like only a handful that lived in the city. Yeah. Everyone else lived in like Jersey or Brooklyn or Queens or Long Island. Yeah. I loved, I loved living in the city though. So living here, I mean, how much? Live? Um, I was born and raised in Yonkers and, okay. um, and then moved out to Jersey um, to 1999. Okay. Yeah, and been there ever since. It was, it was supposed Jersey. to be temporary uh, in Central in a place called uh, Robbinsville. But um, I used to commute, you know, from from Jersey to, because I still live, I worked in um, in the city. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, was, it wasn't it was fun. It was weird because I had two places, uh, one in Princeton. This is when I was dumb in my 20s and just spent all my money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had a place in Princeton and I had a place in New York on the Upper East Side. Um, and my girlfriend at the time was like, why are you spending so much money on rent? I was like, yeah, what so the you hell? You had a girlfriend. Yeah, I had a girlfriend. Two girlfriends. Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until I finally just, you know, bought a place in, mm-hmm. in, in Jersey. But um, so do you think that living in the city and being around this energy and, you know, a, a high percentage of business owners that live here, um, how much of that do you think influenced your direction and, and your entrepreneurial mindset? It's a good question. Um, I think most most of it. I, I think if I didn't grow up in the city, I wouldn't be like where I am today. Where, and do, you I th- where be. do you think you'd be? Oh my God! If I stayed in Long Island, yeah, um, I'll tell you where I would be. I mean, when I when I lived in Long Island, what year was it? It was probably two thousand two, two thousand three. Mm-hmm. I moved. I moved there just temporarily. Yeah. My dad was still living there, and I was and I was helping someone run an illegal online pharmacy. Oh, yeah. So, so we were selling. I Your mean, drug dealers. Yeah, but <laughs> we were. It was actually very innovative and like yeah. before its time because uh-huh. there are companies out there now that are totally legit and they've raised like tens of million dollars in funding. Like okay, like Roman, they're a men's health company. Mm-hmm. Um, simple content. Simple contacts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not drugs. But is, it, is this like Viagra? sort of like telemedicine? Is this, this is where yeah. Got, okay. This is where everybody got. Well, that's Viagra. why Roman. That's why Roman. You know Roman. It sounds familiar. Yeah, they're they're a startup. They've raised a lot of money. Um, 
and it's like telemedicine. So you can mm -hmm. get Viagra without having to see yeah. a doctor. That's what I did right. um, back in 2002. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, people people considered it shady back then. Yeah, but, but, but uh, today, everybody was doing it. I'm sure. Yeah, but today it's it's legit. It's legit now. Yeah. They they, they put rules and regulations so I'm a, I'm a and eyeballs on it. Yeah, you, well, you pioneered the VOIP. But I'll probably be doing something illegal. <laughs> if <laughs> well, I lived in Long Island. The, gotcha. Gotcha. Illegal, but sort of in that gray space, right, where it could potentially become legal. Yeah. Well, telecom was like that also, uh, yeah. because I got into telecom when voice over IP was was getting popular. And we were doing, we were also doing like a lot of gray stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we were building voice over IP networks in like third world countries yeah. where, where those governments didn't allow voice over IP. So did you physically have to be there to, to do that? Or? No, I mean... The first network I built was in Trinidad and Tobago, mm -hmm. and I flew down there. Okay. But I would have, like, dudes in these countries help me set up. It's called a route. Yeah. Help me set so, up the network. So how did you find people in Trinidad that you could trust to build these things for you? Um, so I had a doorman mm -hmm. on the Upper West Side. Uh-huh. Um, and he was from Trinidad. Okay. So I'm like, I want to – I told him I want to do business in Trinidad. Do you know mm -hmm. anyone? <laughs> You know, who knows someone at the phone company? Yeah. And, and he introduced me to someone that works at the phone company. Oh, shit. And that was my end. Is that guy still a doorman in that building? Or did you give him I some? Know. Did you? I, haven't, I, sh I should have given him a kickback. <laughs> but I, didn't. I, I actually think about that. I should go oh, back. Yeah? yeah, because that that dude, this was on 105th and West End. Mm -hmm. That dude introduced me, yeah, to, to someone in Trinidad. Yeah, where would you have like, been? I made a lot of money. Right. That was like a major sort of uh, chapter that Hopefully put you in a direction. Come after me. <laughs> but yeah, it was just, it was just. That's cool, man. I, you know, I like talking to people and you never yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where things might go. Yeah. I have, um, I used to have a doorman when I, I was on 76 so in you, Lex. Boya, you, if you're listening. Oh, Boya. Big shout out to you, man. And hopefully you're uh, Boya doing amazing made things. Me. That's pretty cool, though. Like, I love thinking about, like, Back to the Future and that alternate universe. Like, what would have happened if, mm -hmm. right? If like you the, didn't meet Boyer. Like the Family Man. You ever see The Family, family Man? Family Man, too, Nicholas man. Cage. Yeah, yeah. Um, Taya Leone had a big crush on yeah. her, man. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. She still looks amazing. What, what is she in now? I, I don't know. I th oh, television. She's on one of these... Um, not West Wing. Like she's on Madam Secretary? Yeah, she's on one of those shows. And she, yeah, she's still... It was the raspy voice. I was into, like... Deeper raspy voice She's in women. With, didn't she date David David Duchovny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were married, and had kids. Are they still together? Uh, I, I, I used to see him I around know. here. He used to live on the west side. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but I, yeah, if I was still if I wasn't living in the city, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be what I'm doing today. Yeah. Also, yeah. my my stepfather, he's in the restaurant business. He was a big influence on me. Okay. Um, he was an entrepreneur, and you know my talks with him sort of got the juices flowing. Is he still running restaurant business? No, he's retired. Okay. Yeah, he's in Florida. I know that's like, from what I hear, is the toughest business to run, right? Restaurants. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Um, can't imagine. It's just so many different sort of things that people have to struggle with that you, it's like variables you can't predict. Yeah, you know? yeah I can't imagine. Um, but at least with this, I mean, how predictable is this business? And as far as revenue and like recession, like have you, you've been through the recession. Mm -hmm. So how does the comedy club adjust and, and modify its I think plans? everyone needs to laugh. Yeah, true. Um, so I, I, I think this, I think hopefully we'll always be here or comedy clubs will always exist. Yeah. You don't have to worry about this industry like dying, like mm -hmm. telecom you know that was a dying industry yeah like you're like i i used to go to conferences all the time in telecom and most of the conversations with people were like how long do you give this business mm -hmm. you know, six months a year right <laughs> that's like depressing uh I'm, I'm like so happy i'm not in a business yeah where i don't have to ask that question right it's like, crazy how long, how long you think we'll be around for it's, it's it, forever because if you th like everything you just said because during the hard times people want to laugh not only laugh but they want to drink yeah, they want to smoke, right? They want to do all those things, and yeah. they can do all those things. I mean, here. live live in entertainment is awesome. Yeah, and, and and just being social and drinking. Yeah, uh, that's never going to go away. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, that's smart. And and what you're doing, the modern day CEO and owner of the cl this club, um, you figured it out. You know, you've cracked the code as far as building a business, 
you know, in all these different spaces. So now you're in social and content creation and, uh, and education and, mm -hmm. you know, things that a lot of business owners don't ever figure out. Like they get stuck, right, in yeah. the way it is. And this is the way it is. And it's been this way for no, 100 years. I mean, I think we have, I think we have the right ideas and we're yeah. going in the right direction. But it's all about just executing the yeah. plan. Right. So how many, and I'm sure because I'm guilty of this, how many ideas do you execute and how many do you sort of figure out, okay, I've given this one three months or six months, I'm just going to move on. Like how often does that cycle oh, go through? Um, well, actually with the club, um, for the first seven or eight years of running the club, we sort of did the same things that the previous owner was doing. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it took, yeah, yeah, it took a lot of time to say, like, like, do you know do you know what street teams are? You know, it's those dudes yeah, the in dudes, Times Square that yeah, sell the tickets. Yeah. yeah, 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 for everything. Um, so we did that for like seven years. Okay, um, and and they used to bring in seven hundred people a week. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, do you still do street teams? Not really. We have mm -hmm. like three people out there, but we used to have like thirty or forty. Wow. Um, but that was how the industry was then. Right? Yeah, yeah. But like we we were pushing it after it started to decline. Mm -hmm. We were still pushing like yeah let's let's build up our street team let's hire more people. Yeah. Uh, but it just wasn't working anymore. Okay. Um, just the then, numbers then, showed it was like the yeah so. it, was, it was it was you. you who wants to sell tickets like on the street? Yeah. You know, like the freezing cold in New York right. uh, and get rejected like all day long. Mm -hmm. um, so posting ads, looking for those promoters, and then half of them canceling mm -hmm. because they find out like what kind of job it is. Yeah. And half show up. And then half of that say they'll do it. Yeah. And then half of that will actually do it. Mm -hmm. And then the last gotcha. person standing will last like a day. <laughs> so Gotcha. I, I I like I like to work on things that are more long lasting. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, but yeah. that, but but it street team brought in a lot of money for many years, so it was hard to like pull the plug on that. Right. So you you pretty much pulled the plug on that and and focused your attention now on on skittish and creating content and um, skittish. Yeah, skittish, uh, you know, and 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 working with brands and just creating great content for them and building up our podcast network because we also view that as a distribution arm yeah. to promote um, whatever we're working on, whether yeah. it's Laugh Pass or our course. Right. Uh, so there's ad revenue on our podcast, but we can also talk about our pro our products. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the club. Um, I think we're being smarter how we market the club. So instead of using street teams, yeah, um, we're building up our email list mm -hmm. uh, and, and the laugh pass. Again, it's a much easier, it's a much more fun product to market than like cover charge two drink minimum, which every other club is doing. Right. Uh, so there's a lot more you can do with the laugh pass. Yeah. Um, and you can be more clever about advertising it than cover yeah. charge two drink minimum. Especially if you have that stream of income that's you know monthly or annually and you keep just building that that database and it's just it's, we're in yeah. that society where people are so accustomed to okay yeah that's just just pay it i'm not even thinking yeah about it's, it. it's it's yearly recurring revenue yeah. um but there's a lot of fun stuff we do with the laugh pass holders uh first of all they feel they're like a real vip yeah let's so get the line they get vip seating that's we cool. get a bottle of wine on the birthday week yeah we, we do like videos with them yeah um uh we, we turn them into like testimonials uh Gotcha. They, could, they get a free ticket for a friend every time they come. That's cool. So there's a lot of content we create, and it's only a hundred bucks a year. Yeah, we're you know we're 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 playing around with the pricing now. Yeah. Uh, it started at ninety nine. We raised it to one fifty nine. Mm -hmm. um, but we're running a lot of promos where we can get it for ninety nine. Okay. Well, <clears throat> for me, I could, I'll get it for ninety nine. Yeah. No, we're we're, <laughs> we're I mean. Ninety nine sounds a lot better than one fifty nine. What do you think? If you saw if you saw a Facebook ad, one fifty nine. Ninety. Yeah. Ninety seven. Right, or Yeah, I'd say ninety-seven. Um, and then when you start to get a lot of groundswell and people are interested, um, you could easily jump to one forty-seven. Yeah, I feel like ninety ninety-nine is like just, yeah. just a much quicker. I've been told like that seven is like that magic number that subconsciously. Yeah, people we buy. do that with our online course. Yeah, it's one eighty-seven. Yeah, one eighty-seven. Man, your your price points are really, really approachable. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. What about yeah. this? So like we're in this amazing podcast studio. You've monetized this as well, or the the studio? Yeah, yeah. 
we monetize it because we we sell uh, ads on our podcasts. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, as far as like, so, you know, Entrepreneur Circle, I'm here representing the show. Um, there's no charge, right? But there could be. Right? Uh, you're saying like renting it yeah, out? Yeah. No, I no. mean, our, our schedule is full with okay. like our, our internal podcast. Gotcha. Oh, so I feel special. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't want to... You yeah, because then now you have a lot of foot traffic and, and distractions from what you're doing over there. Yeah, um, we'd rather, like, we have 15 shows in our network. Oh, wow. So, like, we'd rather spend time, like, making those shows better and growing gotcha. the audience. Gotcha. Have you guys looked into Facebook Watch and, like, put it out there? Not to... yet. Okay. No, would you recommend that? I would. Um, I would say to approach them now because mm -hmm. they're in that review stage and it's going to go... Um, you'll get in on the ground floor because they're going to release it to the public. Okay. And once they do, then everybody's going to have a freaking show on Facebook Watch. But right now, it's just like the cream of the crop. I'm a little upset of Facebook. Why? You see the the article that came out yesterday about no. them? What happened? Uh, where they they shared uh, user data with 150 companies like Spotify and Netflix. And mm. those companies that had access to your personal Facebook messages. Uh -huh. Oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't see that. Yeah. Sheesh, yeah, there's always something with these. I understand, companies. like, just general, like, just data, but yeah, uh, they did an investigation and, and they found out that these 150 companies, like, were able to view and delete your private Facebook messages. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. No, wait, wait. So they were able to access and control our data, uh, like, yeah, our messages. Yeah. Messages. Yep. yep. We were able to view it and delete it if they wanted to. That's weird. And they didn't really own it. Like Facebook and even Netflix, they said, um, uh, Facebook said, like, we, ex we expect our partners to handle the data responsibly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, a really bizarre thing to, to have yeah, to do. Yeah, so that's the Whoa. first time, like, I know Facebook has had these issues for a while, but that's the yeah. first time where, like, I was considering deleting my account. Yeah, I know you could freeze it, right? I mean, um, I, I have so much like content and photos and stuff from my past like since whenever i'm wondering if you, if you can eight, like export it probably not i know you definitely can archive it and then they just hold on to it but um i know if you delete it it takes years for it to just completely and i don't think it ever really fully goes away right but um no i hear you man uh, there's always some type of breach with facebook every but that was that wasn't even a breach like right they they had 150 partners that's they call partners that they yeah. Allow you know they allowed access to private. Yeah, I gotta look into it. That just sounds bizarre. I don't even mm -hmm. understand why they would want access to, especially Messenger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, that's just an idea that a lot of people aren't jumping onto because you can't right now, um, mm -hmm. unless you're a big brand, you know, or you know, and the I think face, you guys, Facebook Watch. Yeah, I think you guys would definitely qualify um, for for that type of stuff. You're saying they don't accept everybody? Um, no, no. They have to review. I think you got to, you know, put together a business plan or, or you okay. know, stuff for the show. And then they they review it. And, mm -hmm. and then they ask you to create however many episodes. Um, and then they launch it all. Okay. You know, and then and then they watch. They, they literally test to see if there's interest in, you okay. know, your numbers. Got it. And then, yeah, I'm sure, you know, you know money-wise, they'd probably figure out a way to. Mm -hmm. make everybody happy mm -hmm. but um so yeah I, I wanted to jump a little bit more into your your history too man i you know we haven't spoken about when you started uh was it your um your music your music company mm -hmm. yeah, yeah uh yeah. i was 19 yeah that's pretty cool yeah yeah what, what was it called again eargasmic eargasmic e-a-r-g-a-z-m-i-c i was 19 so, are you a musician no Okay, you just no. wanted to build um, something for them. Yeah, just, yeah. Um, I mean, I was always a music fan. Yeah, um, what type of music? Type of music. Um, what's your go-to? Like, what's, what's, what are you listening to right now? Like, get, get you fired up or makes you relax, whatever. I just, I just saw Dave Matthews' band two weeks ago at the mm. Garden. How's he? I haven't heard his name in ages. Yeah, so they, they just they just finished touring. And yeah. I interviewed one of the band members for my podcast a few weeks ago. Yeah. So I'm listening to them. Okay. I like Mumford and Sons. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for going back, like Pearl Jam. Okay. Guns yeah. and Roses. Yeah. Uh, I don't really listen to a lot of like current music. <laughs> Have you seen that meme? Uh, it's it's kind of cruel, man, with Axl Rose. The one no. that's like my, my <laughs> uh, Axl has turned into Mama Fratelli. 
and there's a photo from uh, Goonies. Okay. And no joke, it's the side by side. They look exactly like. Like he's even so wearing funny. like a pearl necklace or something. It's bizarre. Yeah, and looks a little weird. Yeah, he looks weird, man. Yeah, I don't he know looks like Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Well, yeah, that guy. Holy crap. He could, he could play him. Yeah. But um, uh, so orgasmic. Um, how long did you have that for? And uh, like three or four years. Okay. Yeah, and it was a website uh, where bands and independent musicians could um, upload and sell their music. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, and this was before iTunes and Spotify. Yeah, it, was, it was like around the time of Napster. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. You were pretty much ahead of the curve on so many different, you know, in so many different industries. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember when I, when my band was coming up, um, we're not together anymore, but in 2011, I'd say. What band, instrument do you play? Uh, drums mainly. mainly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but I love playing the guitar and stuff. And the I'm, I'm learning how to play the guitar now. Yeah, it's fun, man. I'm the best teacher. The, oh, who no yeah. one can compare. Who is it? Um, lead singer of the Spin Doctors. Get out of here. Yeah, Chris, Chris Barron. Okay, that's pretty cool, he man. Started last week. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Does he come to your house? Um, not yet. Okay. Not yet. Um, but it's I'm in help- the works. Yeah, I'm helping him. We're producing together uh, an online course teaching people how to play the guitar. Oh wow! So yeah, is this going to be part of? Week. Is this going to be part of the uh, educational? No, thing? this is just um, just a side project. Yeah, just something fun that we can, we're working on together. That's cool. Which will hopefully make money. Yeah, and, and you already have sort of the framework for it. Yeah, you know, I mean, so. I've, I've I've done I've built an online course before, so I know how that works. Yeah. Um, and he's he's a super cool dude. Yeah, uh, he lives he lives on the Upper West Side, so he lives near here, okay. so it's easy to get together and neighbors. Do it. Yeah. yeah, so we'll probably shoot most of the sessions uh, in January. We already sh- started shooting last week, so we went to a guitar store to pick out a guitar. So what what type of guitar did you get? I didn't buy it. Oh, we were okay. just we were just, he was just pointing out like <laughs> a beginner guitarist yeah. what type of guitar they should buy. Okay, so we went to you- Rudy's Music. Rudy's Street. So uh, are you thinking about an acoustic or an electric? Or? Uh, acoustic. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Um, yeah. I think acoustic. Yeah. But I mean, it's a little selfish, the course. I mean, it'll help me guitar, <laughs> but it, it will be for sale also. Yeah. For that's cool. That wants to learn. What's cool about that business, and you know, I, 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 if I'm revealing too much here, but it seems pretty obvious that you could potentially have a course on bass and a course mm-hmm. on yeah. vocals and a course on drumming, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's a cool business too. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot out there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's master class and mm-hmm. right. But again, like the, the cost of entry is not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but what, what, what's much. cool about that is, and, 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 and your brands is you have brand trust and equity, you know, and fans in a tribe already. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are the people that would more likely go to you than master class. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and you have networks where you can tap into mm-hmm. professionals like like him and um, like what you're doing with mm-hmm. Take Five. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it's it's funny because I, I love talking to business owners that are pretty much the rock star of their industries, mm-hmm. you know. And it's kind of like you're the rock star of of every time you <laughs> you touch one of these industries. You're like like you said when you were in the VOI the the mm-hmm. uh, VOIP space you know everybody's like oh man donnie's the cool dude mm-hmm. and you know where are they now they're all retired i'm sure you know or dead yeah <laughs> it's 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 funny because yeah i thought still i'm still connected to a lot of these people on linkedin yeah like once a week like a company posts we're sorry to announce the passing of <laughs> oh oh geez that there are people like dropping that industry oh my goodness um, so, uh, what, what are some of the things that you can recommend to the audience as far as like, you know, a lot of people just, they're kicking tires or they don't want to leave their cush corporate jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you tell people that, you know, one of the first steps that they could probably take, um, just to, to like to, start a business. Yeah. Or yeah, to finally pull the trigger on something, you know, like for me, honestly, it happened because I got laid off, you know, mm-hmm. I was in, in the creative industry for 23 years mm-hmm. and then I got laid off and it was like, okay, I can go to this job here and do the same thing, rinse mm-hmm. and repeat, mm-hmm. or I could start my own company and mm-hmm. stop putting all the time and energy and, mm-hmm. and effort into their thing. And, and that's what it was, dude. It was like, I saw the numbers and what I was building for them. Mm-hmm. Um, creating, building creative agencies internal into internal pharma, mm-hmm. and it was literally millions of dollars. And I'm like, why am I making big pharma mm-hmm. millions? Mm-hmm. 
when I could do that for myself, mm -hmm. it's hard as hell. But um, yeah, so what do you think people can do? I mean, you've been doing it for so long. Mm -hmm. um, just, just first of all, first of all, I guess it's not for not everyone wants to do it. True, um, but the ones that are right on the edge that are thinking about it, yeah, um, it helps to know like first what exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. um, so their why, their goals. Yeah, I mean, because some people just say like they want to do something. Yeah, they want to start something, but they don't know what. Right. So obviously, the first step is like finding a good idea. Yeah, um, and then. I think just working on it, chipping away at it. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think you need to quit your day job. Yeah. Um, but I, th I think just spending time every morning or every night or during your lunch hour, yeah. just, just chipping away, spending an hour a day, two hours a day, mm -hmm. just building something. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, hopefully there'll be traction where you'll be in a position to leave to leave your job. So I wouldn't. I'm not the type of guy that would say like, gotcha. Drop everything you're doing, quit your job, put everything in. Like uh, I think people can manage their time, right? Better where they can do both. Yeah, because it's risky, you know. And what you're saying is definitely, you know, for those who don't have that threshold for risk, you know, they can easily. Yeah, just 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 make it a side hustle in the beginning. Yeah, just right. chip away at it. Yeah. Um. Just just put put the time and put the work in. It's it's like stand up also. Mm -hmm. You know, people. Someone asked me today, like. If I get approached a lot by like comics that mm -hmm. just want to go on stage, yeah, people that are just starting, mm -hmm. like you can't just go, you can't just book you on a show, yeah. You know, you gotta like put years in doing open mics, right? Uh, you know, you gotta do three open mics, four open mics a night, mm -hmm. six days, seven days a week, right? And then you and then you would just build up to getting that stage time at a club, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, even even if you want to be a stand-up comic, um, a lot of these amateur or aspiring comics have day jobs. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't I wouldn't tell them to quit your day job and pursue yeah. comedy full time. Just like go to an open mic every night, yeah, you know, five or six p.m., seven p.m. Mm -hmm. It's five minutes on stage, right? That, that's that shouldn't be hard. No, that's that's great advice because then it's it's kind of telling people to. Um, Make sure this is definitely something you want to do for a living, you know, before mm -hmm. you just pull the trigger, right? Because then, yeah. like, if you want to be a comic and then you find a year later you sort of just aren't interested anymore, mm -hmm. you know, at least you didn't quit your job. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think yeah. you need to be responsible also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but so instead of, you know, maybe, you know, going out for drinks with your friends or going out to dinner, like, hit an open mic. Yeah, or work work on your business. Yeah, or stay up late, or wake up earlier. Definitely, um, or or at work, like work on your side hustle while no one's looking. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what would you I say? Would suggest that. It's it, yeah, it's really good. I mean, yeah, when, it's funny because I'm always telling people to just jump, <laughs> jump, and don't even uh, think about it. Don't even look back. Um, but yeah, it's risky, definitely, mm -hmm. and not, it, not everyone has the appetite for that type of risk. Um, but um, what is um, you you own so many companies and so many businesses? How, how important? Let me let me backtrack one second. Yeah, I'm all, my that's also coming from. I also have three kids and I'm married for thirteen years. Yeah. Um, if 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 it was if it was someone without a family mm -hmm. uh, and and they don't have a lot of expenses. Yeah. And and they're at a certain point in their life, and I would say what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So if it's some twenty-something dude or gal that's like, if they can go back and this, I was, uh, there's a good friend of mine that's in a similar position. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he he wanted to start his own thing for a few years, and he just left his job, and he was wondering if he should get a new job or just focus the next year yeah. on building this company. He's not married; he doesn't have kids, mm -hmm. and he can easily go back to the industry. Yeah, and I said, yeah, take the year off and build your company in mm -hmm. a year because in a year you can go back into that industry. Right. There's some industries where it's harder to go back into. Yeah. But his industry was it was sales, mm -hmm. and he can easily go back. Right. Right. So yeah, it depends net. on the person. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, thanks for highlighting that. You know, you're you're coming from a place where you you have security, you have your family, you have yeah. all of that stuff. Um, so, what would you say to your 18 year old self? You know, compared to mm. you know everything you know now. Um, what would I say? 
I don't know. I don't know if I would say anything. Um, Wouldn't tell them to buy Apple stock. <laughs> no, because you can't. Like you don't know. Uh, speaking, to, you know, Godfrey the comic. Yeah, of so course. I was talking to him today, yeah. uh-huh. and, and we were talking about this. It takes. He was telling me. I told him today. It's been. It's ten years this month that I've owned the club, mm-hmm. and I'm oh, like, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Very cool. It's ten years, wow. and we were talking about this. Um, you know, I, I told him like I feel like. 10 years have been wasted mm. uh, and and just in the past like six months like I found my voice and like I finally have a vision for like everything that we want to do here mm-hmm. so like we're, like I'm like how come I didn't have that the first nine and a half years mm-hmm. and and he's like you can't think like that like he's like when you're a comic like you need to put in like 10,000 hours or like right. 10 years yeah um, in order to get where you are now Right. So, like, I don't, you know, I can tell myself like a million things what I would do when I'm 18, but, you know, yeah. you, you, you just need to go through all the hardships. Yeah. 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 That's great advice. You know, it's funny because the Godfrey that I know, you obviously know a more intimate side of him. Yeah. Um, um, you wouldn't expect that type of sage advice right, <laughs> from right. Godfrey, but is he like that? Yeah. That's how oh, he is. Yeah. He's yeah. Like we, really... talked for a lot. we talked for like a good, good half hour today. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. He, he was, he's, he was a big supporter of mine mm-hmm. when, when we first took over. He gave mm-hmm. us a lot of advice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, there's so many things that would, <laughs> I need to write a list of things that I've learned over the past 10 years. Like, yeah. like what, I mean, one could be, one should be, um, like what kind of culture you want to instill mm-hmm. at the company. Mm-hmm. Um, what making sure employees have like clear responsibilities, which, you know, for the first nine and a half years I didn't have in place. Yeah. The job description. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, like make sure, uh, like your people, first of all, before you hire people, you need to know like what you want them to do and document mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. there were so many times where I would interview people when I'm not sure what I wanted them to do. You just like them. You're like, okay, you, you, you've got a good vibe. Yeah, you and, fit the culture. Yeah. So like before hiring someone, make sure you're clear exactly what you want them to be working on. Right. And also like goals. Like yeah. I, I never had any goals in my life, so mm. <laughs> like, for the, believe it or not, for the first time now, I'm like putting together like projections, like like, yeah. like Q1 of 2019. How many clubs do I want to bring onto the Laugh Pass network? How many Laugh yeah. Passes I want to sell? How many courses I want to sell? Yeah. How many seats I want to fill downstairs? Mm-hmm. And making sure you know what you want, and then to to relay that to your staff and and make sure they execute that. Gotcha. Um, Documenting everything, I think, is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and and hierarchy, you know, making sure everyone knows who they report to. It's, I mean, it's all like the basics yeah, of yeah. building a company, which, like, I I learned really just recently. Mm-hmm. I've been like winging it for so many years. Yeah. Well, the winging has obviously worked for you. Um, I mean, I'm still you, I'm still in the game. I'm yeah, not, I'm not dead yet. So. But what's cool is, um, from what I'm hearing, you're you're taking yourself to the next level. You know, and figuring out a bunch of stuff that's gonna just explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, skittish. Like we're trying to figure out how to scale. You mm-hmm. know, and, and and lately, like we figure it out. Um, like we're sort of we have a small team with skittish, mm-hmm. our, our agency, and like we're we're doing too much of the nitty gritty like in house by ourselves. We need to be able to like delegate. Yeah, to, like experts more. Right, uh, and rely on those experts to execute, whether it's like a comedy writer or someone to run Facebook ads or someone to build a landing page. The past few years, we've been trying to figure it out ourselves in-house too much. So we need to rely on more outside people more um, and and empower like an account manager to service the clients. And then um, so me and John, my partner, can go out there and, and... bring in clients and yeah, build a business. Exactly. But again, it took like two years to like realize, right. realize that. So you were you and John were sort of working in the business and not so much on the yeah, business. Like yeah, like I would freak like he would ask me to like invoice a client, you know, and collect money from a client. Mm-hmm. We were just thinking very small. Mm. Yeah. As far as yeah, I'm caught up in that same shit. You know, it's like I only recently got a bookkeeper, you know, and I'm like, yeah. why the hell am I been doing the books all these yeah. years? <laughs> no, I've been I've been there. Yeah. Um 
I've been I've, I've made like every mistake in the book. Yeah. Um, I did I did my books for a long time. Mm-hmm. No, you got you got to find people. Yeah. You got to find just good people you right. get along with who yeah. you trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and and lean on them more. Right. Yeah. And not and not try to do everything yourself, which I've been trying to do. Right. With um, five businesses at once. Yeah. That's, and, and I've suffered a lot because of it. Yeah. I mean, you've been figuring it out. And like you said, you know, your version of winging it, which obviously has, you know, brought you success. But, um, you know, what's interesting about that is like you're talking about, you know, creating job descriptions and, and, mm-hmm. and holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. So who holds you accountable? Like when you know you got shit to do, it's like who's like yeah. on top of you? Um, so I have a friend. His name is Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been, uh, you know, he, he, he has a company called, he just launched this company mm-hmm. called 3010. 3010. Uh, and he's helping, he's helping entrepreneurs and, and brands, um, basically figure out like what they want, mm-hmm. like really identify what, what, what that entrepreneur wants. And then once they figure out what they want, um, how, how to help them get there. Okay. Like, so, like literally like day to day, like what do you need to do yeah. to get there? So it's kind of like coaching, business coaching yeah. for like personal brands. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So Dan, Dan's a very close friend of mine. He just mm-hmm. launched that company. Okay. 3010.com. 3010.com. He's going to like that. Like uh, Put that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mention my name for 10% off. Um, <laughs> but no, he's been, I mean, usually helpful. Mm. Um you know, trying to figure out all my stuff. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So he like checks in with you regularly. Yeah, you talk like ten about, times a day. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, ten that's times awesome. a day. Yeah. Hey, you said you were gonna do this last week. What happened to it? And, yeah. yeah. I mean, also, um, yeah. I mean, there's 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 Melissa who who I brought on recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought her on for like one project, mm-hmm. um, but I'm 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 enlisting her in a lot of stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and and she's helping like manage a lot of projects okay where in the past i would manage everything is she working sort of like as a personal assistant or someone that's no um sort of like my lieutenant okay yeah yeah uh and she's helping me she's taking over managing some people okay and helping me manage certain people that's awesome so between dan and melissa i have have a couple people that help me stay on stay on track without them yeah would be would be very yeah I don't I don't I don't know what I would do <laughs> awesome I think I mean I think I think most I think most entrepreneurs need that yeah because if you don't have that that discipline yeah I mean especially since we're sort of at the top of the food chain it's like mm-hmm. who the heck is who am I gonna you know, have to tell me what who's gonna be my Mickey in the corner right, yelling right. at me you know catch that chicken. Um, so yeah, I want to wrap up here. I know we got some people probably waiting at the door to get into the next show. One stars. <laughs> but, um, how can people reach you, Donnie? How, what's your, all your socials and all the stuff you want to plug? Um, Instagram. I love Instagram because it's I see a lot of pictures of my kids. Donnie's old and D-A-N-I-Z-O-L-D-A-N. Um, I post, yeah, a lot of kids' pictures. Yeah. Um, you use Boomerang and all that other stuff that's in there? No. Me either. Not it's really. Like, I need to get it. I there. do stories a lot. Stories, um, yeah. But yeah, if you if you like kids, you could check out my Instagram account. Cool. I also post a lot of stuff going on at the club. Yeah. Um, and that's fun. And Does the club have that? Yeah, Is yeah. It? At Stand Up NY. Okay. Stand Up NY. Um, Twitter, Dzoldan. Okay. I'm not so active on Twitter. It's but you were, man. I was looking at your stuff. I was like, man, you were heavy in Twitter. Yeah, yeah. but there's too much uh, too much politics on yeah. Twitter. I follow too many people that mm. talk politics, so it, it's a little... Yeah. Um, I need to follow less journalists. There's too much <laughs> noise out there. Gotcha. Um, and then LinkedIn. I'm yeah. on everything. Okay. Um, yeah. And then my podcast, Dark yeah. Horse Podcast. Dark which Horse we talk Podcast. About, but. We could talk about that. It's a great podcast. I was listening. It's funny because... Uh, you interviewed uh, Jason Pfeiffer, who I'm mm-hmm. um, meeting up with on Friday. Oh, cool. So I was like, oh, it's cool because it was, you know, because well. I'm listening to your stuff lately. I'm saturating myself in Donnie's stuff. And then I have to 
Jason as well, but he's sort of a couple days away. I was like, yeah. this is like two birds with one stone, man. I'm listening to both of you at the same time. It was great. Hello. <laughs> we're, we're a little different. I, I, well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was funny because he shot, you know, he's always shot out of a cannon. And at some point it was hilarious because you pointed it out. You're like, dude, are you like always like this? Yeah, I was saying that like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more mellow. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, calm down. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, yeah, I just, I saw him recently. I'm like the and, opposite Gary V. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do, I, I was thinking about doing like, uh, like a web series, mm -hmm. like like a parody on Gary V. Oh, I just think there's so much material there. Yeah, and you've got the teams to make it funny and interesting. Yeah, man. Um, um, but, but yeah, I had an idea for like like, a, it, like a sitcom, um, and the star is is like a motivational guy like mm -hmm. that. It should be like Larry G or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's always, the, he's always got the he's always got the skull cap, but they're really like fake also, like yeah. on social, like. Yeah, dude. You know they're empowering everyone, and they, and they talk about how they know everything. But like, yeah. they're, but their real life is like in shambles. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my idea. Oh, that would be great. So it's like Larry G, and like it's the actual behind the scenes stuff. It's not all the yeah. fluffy, no, you no, know, no, hustle, no, no, hustle no. mindset. It, it basically, they're fake. It's a fake. <laughs> He's like say, hitting the bottle, and yeah, yeah it's a mess. <laughs> it's all like on, the online personas, like perfect. So would it be Tony like Robbins, like somebody else filming him, and then that's the whole Larry G video or is it himself like you know like gary does like, i don't know himself. i just had this idea two days that's ago a cool idea, so I, I gotta i gotta flush it out it, or it could be interesting too to like frame it as you know obviously it's it's this guy we all know that content but then the camera doesn't stop right and then like now all of a sudden you hear the real shit yeah yeah i like, I like that <laughs> i like that way better that's good <laughs> that's funny larry g man I, you know larry g i think i worked out on uh <laughs> on hbo <laughs> Cool, brother. Well, thanks for your time, man. And I appreciate you inviting me to your house and yeah, uh, and filming the podcast here. I love it. So that was Donnie Zolden. I just love the dude, man. He's a he's he's a really down to earth, salt of the earth type of guy. Just great to, to sit down and have a nice long conversation with a man um, I like Donnie. So what I love most about Donnie is how humble and how grateful he is you know, and how self-aware he is. You know, he really talks and, you know, admits to making plenty of mistakes, which all entrepreneurs do, but a lot of us don't admit it. But he admits to making tons of them and learning along the way and growing along the way. And, you know, he talks about, you know, for the first time setting long-term goals, you know, um, it's, it's never too late to, to put those thoughts uh, on paper and to figure out what that road is you know what does the map look like um it's always good to to do that for your business you know and putting those projections projections together um and being able to to measure your success you know because because that's what it ultimately does you write all of this down and you look at it um a year from now two years from now five years from now and, and you're able to to see if you're leveling up you know and i also like how donnie starts to uh give us some advice to, uh, and and about communication and how key that is, especially with your staff, you know, letting them know where you're headed and what your goals are. So everybody's always aligned, you know, the, your, your staff and your partners and, uh, and all your business partners. You know, I, I'm, I'm a, a huge proponent of that, you know, and also relying on your staff, you know, and being able to trust people, just let it go. You know, uh, I know a lot of business owners that are control freaks and it doesn't help you in the long run. It's, it's not sustainable to be able to, to, to have to micromanage your team. And I've learned to let go. Um, when I managed a team of 25, I, I just had to trust people. There was just too many moving parts. So I, I had to hand over the reins to certain individuals to just, just take things and run with it. Um, so another cool thing that he mentions is, you know, documenting everything. You know, which is so true, like processes, processes. You have to have everything on paper. It's the only way to scale. It's the only way to grow. Um, and, and you have to be able to get to that level in order to become more successful. Don't forget to check out Donnie's podcast as well. He's got a really cool podcast with amazing guests. He recently had Dennis Quaid on, who I'm a big fan of. And um, it's called Dark Horse Podcast. So be on the lookout for that. Google it. Uh, Donnie's always interviewing musicians, amazing musicians, and athletes and other entrepreneurs. I also want to mention how LaughPass is really a cool product that 
Donnie has developed for us. And it's a cool VIP type of membership where if you join the Laugh Pass network, you get access to unlimited shows, you get preferred seating, you get a free ticket to bring a friend to each show. And um, the best part of it for me anyway, and now that I am a Laugh Pass member, I can't wait for this, <laughs> this, this aspect of the membership, is advance notice when celebrity comics uh, come to the stage. That's huge, that's huge. I love being there when they're testing out new material and you'll be privy to that as well if you join um, and become part of the Laugh Pass network. But there's so, so much more to Laugh Pass. You just have to check it out at standupnewyork.com slash laugh pass. So that's standupnewyork.com slash laugh pass and you'll see all the benefits. I only talked about half of them. so. Jump on in, it's, it's, it's a load of fun. So good stuff from Donnie. I enjoyed immensely having this conversation and Donnie, thank you so, so much for allowing us to record in your studio, Stand Up Labs and um, in right about Stand Up New York. Um, it's always a pleasure to record my show there and it was a ton of fun having you on and um, looking forward to seeing you again, brother. Well, that's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K, at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes or any other podcast platform. Please rate us on iTunes as well and always like subscribe and share this show on social media. We'd greatly appreciate you for it. And also, what do you want to hear on future shows? What challenges are you having? Any success stories that you'd like to share? We'd love to hear from you. If you're on the Anchor platform, you can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. So once again, folks, thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle podcast. Like, subscribe, and share. I am Eric Cabral. And don't forget, folks, your network is your net worth. Get in the circle. Yeah.